podcast listening individuals of all stars and stripes. That's a good opening. If I ever heard one. Hello, you grand old flag, you. You high-flying flags. Oh, Canada, our home and native land. Thanks for listening. Though Canada is neither of our homes nor native lands. Well, we could be up there in Canada right now, waiting for this hour has 22 minutes. Or, um, uh, oh, was it? Oh, Little Mosque on the Prairie. That was a show I remember uh, was uh, on the Canadian Broadcasting Channel back in the day. It was a sitcom. Uh, sort of a fish-out-of-water sitcom about uh, a Muslim family moving to some rural area. and I got it. I got it from the title. It's a clever title. Yeah. And then uh, there's also a show called Being Erica, which was about a woman who could time travel. I don't know if it was a comedy or not. These are just the shows I know that aired on CBC like a decade ago, which is the <laughs> last time I had any awareness of what was airing on CBC. Other than, of course, this hour is 22 minutes. Which is like uh, their version of like uh, the Daily Show. Yeah, I guess. And uh, it's been on for a very long time. One time I tried to get a job on it, but they were like, uh, "We only hire Canadians." Sorry, and I said, "Okay, if you say." But like the crazy thing about Canadian TV shows or like Canadians like a like a film or entertainment industry is that like you can email like any show or like any like you know agency or any production company, and somebody. I hope will, you're writing this down. Folks. Somebody will email you back. Like, even if, like, um, you know, like, if you're not Canadian, they're probably not going to be able to work with them because, like, they get, like, tax breaks for hiring Canadians or whatever. Or, like, the one time I almost, uh, like, I pitched a show, like, to the CBC, and, like, I got an email back from their, like, head of, like, production for, like, sitcoms or whatever, and they're like, hey, this is uh, really good. We'd like to move forward with it, but uh, are you Canadian? And then I had to say, alas, I am not. I am but a poor American. I am but a Yank. A doughboy. If I was a soldier in World War One, which I wasn't, I wasn't a soldier in any war, let alone World War One, when I wasn't alive. So n- no boy of dough am I. No jarhead am I. No, uh, I would say red coat, but that's the opposite side. <laughs> no, damn Yankee. And I'm not a member of the Damn Yankees from the musical uh, Damn Yankees or the band Damn Yankees with Ted. Or the Jones movie in. Damn Yankees. Uh, so this is a job you didn't get. Nope. Although you, they were after one email willing to move forward with this <laughs> this proposed television show. Yep. That means you, one of two things: either the CBC has like awful uh, kind of gatekeepers that are protecting them from from getting bad quality television shows, or they're just so just weighed down by the responsibilities of emailing everybody back. Yeah, I mean, I did have a pilot script. Or of I think course, I included. It, or it might have been a, a good show. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go ahead and say it wasn't. <laughs> I had I had a pilot script that went with it, so they got to see a pilot for the show and also mm-hmm. my picture, whatever. It wasn't my best pilot. You, you sent your picture? <laughs> no, I said it was like a like some sort of like a what do they call that sort of thing? Like a show? It wasn't like a show bible. It was like a pitch, but like it was like compa- combined with the pilot, uh, which was like the worst pilot I ever wrote. But <laughs> they were still. 
they still were enthused by it. I had changed mm-hmm. it to make it more Canadian specific by changing yeah. the, by changing the a, city. A police officer to a Mountie. I literally, I just changed all the, the Dunkin' Donuts to a Tim Hortons. I changed the city it took place in from a city in Iowa to a city in Ontario, and that was oh my gosh! Suddenly, you're yeah. in Calgary, Alberta. Oh, if only it could have been in Calgary, Alberta. I could have had so many jokes about the Calgary Stampede or the Calgary mm-hmm. Stampeders, their Canadian football team, which Doug Flutie used to play for. I could have had hey, so Flutie many flakes. Yeah, I was just gonna say Flutie flakes. He was. A, he was a football player with his own cereal, which, you know, most football players don't have their own cereals. Uh, and no football player has ever been uh, featured on the podcast cereal, although they could because some football players have committed crimes or are part of, like, criminal investigations or something. Where's the true crime sports podcast? It's got to be out there, right? Like a, sure. A podcast that combines, like, it's, like, about uh, true crime but only involving, like, athletes or what have you. I mean, you're gonna just be like, well, here's a here's the thing about OJ, I guess. Oh, way more athletes have been involved in crimes. That's like, no, OJ's the only athlete oh. that's ever been committed to a crime. Now let, let none of us look up any facts about the situation and move on. All right. And I've got a great. The, speaking of segues, yes. that was a great one. <laughs> and maybe we should segue into introducing the show. Yeah, it's a good idea because I had sort of like tried doing that, but then I. Said something like such a generic, boring opening, it made me laugh. And then five minutes later, or whatever, here we are. Uh, we haven't even said the name of the show because this podcast. If you're listening for the first time, one, you're making a mistake. But pull out now. Uh, yeah, you're making a mistake. Pull out now. Also, <laughs> don't say, don't just move on from it. All right. So we're called Chris and Matt run a blockbuster. I asked the name of this podcast, and the, the, the premise of the podcast is that uh, the two of us have been writing a movie that's going to be the next big blockbuster film. Mm-hmm. You've heard it. of Jaws? This is like that. Yeah. You've heard of Jaws 2? This is like that. You heard of Jaws 3? This is like that. You heard of Jaws 4 The Revenge? This is like that. You heard of The Meg? This is like that. You heard of uh, Piranha 3 Double D? This is like that. <laughs> And so on and so forth. Yeah, Deep Blue Sea, you know, because we're going to have a theme song done by LL Cool J. I'm only establishing that for the first time. Deepest Bluest. My friend is named Seth Christ. Perfect. Still got the deepest and the bluest part in there. We got, oh, or we could have the band Deep Blue Sunday or something. That's Deep Blue Sunday. I wish they were called that. That's like, uh, I believe that was the uh, original title for U2's Sunday Bloody Sunday. It's Deep Blue Sunday. Deep Blue Sunday. See, it works perfectly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Keep it off key. Not to change the cadence at all to that. Uh, in terms of the, yep. the, the scans, as they say. It scans much like when you have a printer that's working properly and you put a piece of paper on it with, like, I don't know, like, um... Uh, uh, are you just explaining <laughs> what printers are or scanners are? Scanners, but, like, printer-scanners combinations. Oh, uh, the yeah. three-in-one. It's like the Taco Bell Pizza Hut of printing. Yeah, you know it. Uh, or the Taco... Well, I guess Pizza Hut usually wants to combine with Taco Bell. I've seen, like, this... KFC ever combined with Taco Bell? The answer is maybe. Yeah, sometimes. They're, they're, all, young they're, brands. All dan- they're all dancing in the same ooze. They're all dancing in the streets. <laughs> Philadelphia, PA. So we're writing, a sh- we're writing a movie <laughs> called Seth say We're writing Christ. a shitty movie because... <laughs> we're writing a shitty movie called Seth Christ. <laughs> it's going to be a hit. And like so many artists in the past, we've grown to hate <laughs> our works. Yeah, much how when uh, Franz Kafka was dying, he told his friend to burn everything he had written. But his friend did not listen or agree to do that, and he instead put him out of the world. That's why we've been subjected to all of Franz Kafka's bullshit. 
And so, but this is, yeah, you can thank his dumbass friend. But this is going to be different because it's going to be a big, huge, successful movie franchise. We're kicking off. We're going to become successful filmmakers. And then, like, uh, 20 years from now, they'll be. Uh, we'll have uh, Keanu Reeves and uh, Alex Winter announce that they're going to make a third movie in the series, even though they're not in the first one. We'll have them just do the third yeah, one. Yeah, we'll just have an old-ass Zach Efron being like... <laughs> Hey, uh, you guys wanted it. Here's yeah, another one. So, I'm older now, though. So, so thanks. And no one's gonna, no one's gonna like it. But. Thanks for that. Here we are at the Hollywood Bowl, uh, and like uh, we're gonna—I don't know. I, just before we started recording, I watched the announcement for Bill and Ted Three, which is why it's on my mind. Which I was like, I don't know. I'll see it. It's gonna be interesting. Sure. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's gonna be forgettable. <laughs> it's like 30 years basically since the last one came out. That's kind mm. of insane that they're doing a sequel 30 years later. It's like, I also question whether anyone asked for it ever. I mean, people seem kind of excited about it. I mean, uh, Bill, right. Bill Oakley's retweeting about it all the time. So, I mean, Simpsons where Bill Oakley's excited for it. And That's he, just because his name is in the title. I guess. And also, uh, the, the late Ted Bundy is pretty excited about it. Is <laughs> he a big, big Bill and Ted fan? I'm assuming his name's in the title as the only... Oh, fuck. I, I got it. <laughs> the, oh, wow. The only famous Ted I could think of in that moment. What about Theodore from the Chipmunks? See, I was going to say Theodore Rex, which is a similar premise of like a non-human <laughs> uh, anthropomorphic animal. But Theodore Rex isn't a celebrity. Um, Theodore, well, Chip, Theodore Chipmunk is a celebrity. Well, Theodore Seville? Ha, I mean, like, how many movies are named after... Theodore. I mean, yes, he's in the. He's. I mean, Alvin is the one who gets mentioned by name. He. Uh, Theodore's just one of the chipmunks. Whereas Theodore Rex, he may have only been in one movie as opposed to four, but he is the titular character. He gets billing over Whoopi Goldberg. Oh yeah, we'll get monked. <laughs> I'm gonna get chip wrecked. Yeah. Get eat chip. <laughs> they could have done that. Uh, it kind of sound. I. Uh, I mean, or. Uh, uh, you know, they they were it's a chip off the old block or the, a chip off the old black. If Mad Magazine was doing a parody of this made yeah, up of line. expressions, yeah. Mad <laughs> Magazine is doing a parody of expressions. This week we we <laughs> roast expressions, <laughs> starting with chip off the old block, which we've changed to chip off the old black. Yeah, take it one day at a slime. <laughs> Did they say slime? I don't know. That's probably like a Nickelodeon thing. Like, if you can't do that on television, it was coming back. I think it was supposed to. Or if and they were doing a parody of One Day at a Time starring um, that guy who played Slimer. <laughs> well, that show was back and then it's now it's gone. Now we're just what? telling people things that happened in pop culture. And someday wait, somebody will do so it. So wait, are you saying there's a Mad Magazine parody of One Day at a Time called One Day at a Slime and it stars Slimer? Because that sounds great. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I mean, he was already the star of that uh, Ghostbusters cartoon. When he yeah. became, he, he started helping them instead of being their enemy for reasons I don't know if explained the show. I know I saw the show, and one episode gave me like nightmares or something. I don't know what happened in it. I think maybe Egon was turned into a chicken man or something. <laughs> I think I think you're thinking of that episode of the cartoon where uh, uh, Ray has sex with a ghost. Oh, if only that was in the non that was in the live action one where he got that. <laughs> that had to have been in the the version that's too hot for theaters, though, right? Yeah, one assumes. But yeah, I feel like maybe something happened to like the ghost, and it was like in a way, it was like in that episode of Dinosaurs, the TV show Dinosaurs. Uh, uh, yeah, where they... uh, Lord Mr. Sinclair gets blown by a ghost. <laughs> I wish. That would have been much more interesting than the thing His that... His eyes go crossed. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
did, did his uh, did his puppet have expressive eyes? I don't. I know he didn't. He had like much of an expressive face, and his body was. He looked very disturbing. They all looked very disturbing. They're all very much in you know, a disturb, like a grotesque sort of characters. But one time, in an episode, he was struck by lightning, and then he became a tree, and it was real messed up because there's now a grotesque uh, puppet of a dinosaur within a puppet like of a like a tree and it looked really fucked up and it gave me nightmares and I never watched dinosaurs again until I was an adult and I watched the series finale for a different podcast that I did for a while which had a premise that uh, was more sustainable and made more sense and so uh, we never really got tired of the premise as opposed to this podcast where we have increasingly talked about things that aren't the uh, it's like now it's become like um, maybe 10% of every episode is us actually writing, like, the movie, and it's 90% just, like, us, like, riffing and talking nonsense and, uh, plugs at the end of the episode, which is a good... Yeah, well, it's good to catch up, you know? Yep, it's good to catch up. That's what tomatoes say. Dude, shut up! <laughs> hey, as close to the, the joke that Uma Thurman's character said in Pulp Fiction... Shut up! <laughs> uh, did you see the trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, it's good. It looks like it looks might fun. be good. Yeah. You know what I, what I was really into was the poster, poster for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where somehow, for some reason, someone photoshopped Brad Pitt's face off of his body and then put it back on slightly askew. I didn't see the poster. That sounds amazing. It, I want you to I want you to Google it right now. Okay, Can you I'll, Google it right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, what else are we gonna I'll, do? I'll vamp for a second. <laughs> uh, so, uh, how many out there are flossing? Because I learned recently that no matter how much you floss, you're still gonna have dental problems. So I might direct you to a theory that I read about on Vox.com that flossing is bullshit. I'm not actually going to subscribe to that theory. I still floss because I mean, who wants to get yelled at by their dentist? Really? You don't go to the dentist to get yelled at. You gotta have your teeth cleaned. Last I checked, the only person you go to to get yelled at is your father. Or your dominatrix. Or dominate whatever the uh, male equivalent of a dominatrix is. Mr. Dominatrix. <laughs> Please. Mr. Dominatrix is my father. <laughs> Alright, I'm looking at this poster. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on eBay for some reason. It's the only versions of it I can find are on eBay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> looks pretty looks really bad right oh move mouse over to oh, mouse over to zoom <laughs> oh it hits it hits <laughs> he's got a belt buckle with a uh, car- camera on it and uh, <laughs> uh he's, yeah and they're like that, why do they always tell us the number of film it is from Quentin Tarantino? I don't get that. I don't care what number of film it is. Quentin. He keeps threatening to quit after ten movies. Do it, you asshole! I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> quit. Just fucking give up. Nobody cares. Like Stanley Kubrick made a bunch of films and he died. Like he's like, oh, it's my tenth film, and he knows that uh, fucking Quentin Tarantino is not going to retire. That's that's a that's a false premise. If there ever was one. Speaking of false premises, this is the podcast where you write a movie. It's going to be a surefire blockbuster in the future. And I guess. Yeah. What we should have told the listeners at the first episode that all of our bullshit that we talk about before we get to the actual episode is also going to be in the movie. It's sort of the Greek chorus for the film. It's like an uh, adaptation, the Charlie Kaufman film. Mm-hmm. It's going to or, be. Or it's like uh, The Princess Bride. This is the proverbial yeah. grandfather reading to Fred Savage. Yeah. And you're Fred Savage, and I'm Peter Falk. <laughs> 
And, yep. uh, you know, yeah, we're uh, just, you know, or um, whatever they did in Once Upon a Deadpool, which I didn't see. <laughs> was it also fantastic? Yeah, this, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry I compared this to The Princess Bride. This is much more like Once Upon a Deadpool. Or it's like the, it's like Merlin's Mystical Shop of Wonders, which was covered in Mystery Science Theater 3000, where mm-hmm. Ernest Borgnine is, is basically a ripoff of The Princess Bride. But like with like Ernest Burke Borgnine in the Peter Falk role, and some random nobody in the uh, Fred Savage role, mm-hmm. and it's a bad movie. That's why they showed it in Mister Three Thousand. It was technically the last episode that showed to ever air. It wasn't the last one in the show's chronology, but they had trouble clearing the rights for the film, so it ended up airing last. Even though that's not where it is chronologically, in because obviously in the final episode they get back to Earth. Spoiler alert. And then they had to have Jonah Ray become the new guy because Mike Nelson was back on Earth. And so, you know, buttons. You know, it really means nothing to give a spoiler and then say spoiler alert. <laughs> it's I like, guess. It's like, put, it's like hitting someone in the head with a golf ball and screaming four. That happens in movies, and it's funny yeah, that. <laughs> it's true. It is funny that. I'm sure it happened in Caddyshack 2. Probably it's all Caddyshack 2 is as far as I know is people can hit <laughs> yes. the head and start screaming four. You know. That's my guess. Yeah. Let's write Caddyshack okay. 3 after this. No, right. Well, sounds good. Caddyshack 3, get the return. A lot of the very easy actors from that film to work with. You know, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray. Uh, Roddy Dangerfield, yeah, very Ted Knight. Yep, very easy to work with. That guy who played Danny Noonan. Uh, uh, the yes, guy. of course. Everyone's favorite character from Caddyshack, Danny Noonan. The guy who played Dr. Beeper. That's my favorite character. He's a doctor, so he's got a beeper, and therefore how it's many, how many people walk out of Caddyshack and like turn to the person they saw it with and say, "Why was that movie called Caddyshack?" Uh, I probably I mean like there's caddies in it, but none of them. I mean, the caddies like aren't the prominent characters other than Danny Noonan, who's not. He's like the fifth prominent character, maybe sixth if you consider uh, Lacey Underall. Is that her name? That's another really great uh, out the park joke. And and the gopher. The gopher definitely is more than Danny Noonan. So you got like Danny Noonan's at best like the uh, sixth most prominent character in the movie called Caddyshack, and he's the most prominent caddy. And the thing he does most prominently is not caddy, but actually golf. Yeah, they should have called it Golfy Shack. <laughs> should be called should be called Golfy Shack. It's also the movie that sh- when you shack golfing, which is a hilarious premise, because he's so tall, his clubs would be giant, and like he could golf with Kevin Hart, and the clubs would be taller than Kevin Hart, and then Kevin Hart could make homophobic jokes and get banned from hosting the Oscars or whatever. And the premise writes itself. That's gonna be the, the premise thing. writes itself. That's the kid, the kid stays in the picture. The band plays it. The piano. What's that movie? The piano plays itself. Ah, eh, whatever. The, uh, and the band played on. But yeah, that's going to be Caddyshack 3. Caddyshack 3. Caddyshrimp 3. <laughs> it's going to star Shaquille O'Neal and Kevin Hart. And then, of course, Bill Murray and Chevy Chase are the ghosts of uh, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> and the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah. And the ghost of that gopher, because he's dead now. We have an animatronic gopher ghost. We'll have a new, sh- a new song from Kenny Loggins uh, called... Uh, Caddy, 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 uh... Caddy Loggins. <laughs> Caddy Loggins. Uh, yeah, so these are all good ideas. Let's so think of some good ideas for the end of this yeah, movie. because we're, like, literally, we're ba- almost done. Like, this is, like, the big, climactic, like, culmination of the action of the film. There's gonna be one right. more scene after this. But this is the big culmination of the film. Seth right. has teleported to the volcano lair of the WWA 
where mm-hmm. the um, clock is ticking down on the eruption. Right, uh, the and that's the uh, okay. So he he's in the lair, and uh, Rip Torn is like, ah, uh, Mister Christ, you're too late. And he hits a button on his chair, and out of the top of the volcano, a giant hot air balloon opens, yes. and they start soaring into the sky. Yeah, because of all that hot air coming from the volcano, it hasn't exploded yet, but it's still got a lot of hot air. And then he's and then like oh, says like oh no, you don't. And all that hot air coming from those clowns in Washington. Yeah, even though they're far from Washington, which is why Seth had to teleport from Washington to be there. <laughs> Brought that, yeah, he's, he brought that hot air with Ooh, him. Yeah, that hot air got caught up in the teleportation device. But like, Seth grabs onto a, like a rope hanging from the balloon, so he's pulled up into the air too. Yeah. And all the while, like a Jane Doe's like, I gotta get out there. Uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta teleport. And he's like, uh, Kathy, J. Jonah Jameson, cover for me. And she runs to the teleportation machine. And they they return to their computers where they type because that's what Jade would normally be doing. Yeah. Oh, that's what she started doing. It wasn't what she seemed to be doing at all early in the film, <laughs> but it sort of became her role. She became like Mary Lynn Rice Cup in 24 out of the, out of the blue or whatever. It gave her yeah. something to do, I guess. Well, she... well, I feel like if we put all the scripts together, you would see like two scenes where she's like doing little bureaucratic work that is comes along with being a government employee, yeah. of course. But like for the most part, she's out in the field. Yeah, she she's got that. Stuff she done. got that thumb drive, and she had to start hacking, and then she sort of got yeah. stuck in that computer for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a lot of scenes that we that were re- retreaded because of uh, the the uh, infamous dream sequence, yeah. which will be poured over for generations. Oh yeah, it's gonna be the most famous dream sequence. It's the side of the Dallas, uh, but yeah. I mean the city of Dallas where they have <laughs> dreams every night. Yeah, the, the city of dreams. Uh, you know the famous Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. You know dreaming about you know uh, actually Juno. You know, getting, dreaming about Juno. Yeah, dreaming about Juno. The uh, terrible movie written by Diablo Cody and directed by Jason Reitman, starring Alan Page from Whippet, which is a uh, kind of a sports film in some ways but in some other ways it's a coming of age tale and it takes place in texas which is where dallas is i don't remember where in texas i don't know the, the closest big city probably austin if they're doing like a you know roller derby stuff that seems like a very austin-y thing to do roller derby as opposed to dallas where what i think they would do in dallas is i don't know um play football and uh, talk about how that boy ain't right. I feel like Arlington, Texas is close to Dallas because Hank Hill's a Dallas Cowboys. Anyway, guy. so they're floating up. To, so they're floating uh, into space. J- Jane, flo- Jane floats up to the Wait, to the hot air balloon via too? the mainframe. Oh, it's right. Yeah, oh, she right. teleports via the mainframe. And, and wasn't Ducky Ducky Darns was there, and then he got killed in his mainframe version? Oh no, Dasha Slayer. <laughs> Came Do- back yeah, returns. Yeah, she died again. And she died again because because yeah. uh, if you die in the day, yeah. mainframe, you die in real life. Rip torn, uh, exploit the one weakness in the mainframe, uh, a bullet. Bullets, right, right, right. You can shoot someone that's in the mainframe. So yeah. Uh, so they both get up to the top of the hot air balloon where they confront Rip Torn, yeah. and that's when Rip Torn takes off his shirt and reveals a massive six pack. Yeah, he's. Oh yeah, Joel Murray's gonna have to get in great shape for this. He's cut. There's been some great. Like fight scenes in close quarters, like in Captain America: Winter Soldier. This like, is what this is gonna look like. A lot of big blockbusters like to go big. We're mm-hmm. we're bringing it in. We're bringing like, it in. We're taking that elevator fight scene from Captain America: Winter Soldier, and we're making it even smaller because it's gonna be yeah. Jane Doe and Seth Christ versus Rip Torn in a hot air balloon. All the room they have is that little basket, and if somebody gets you know taken out of that basket, they're falling to earth. They're plummeting to earth. 
And so then... they're they're fighting Ugh. and. Uh, they're doing like a lot of like close quarter kung fu kind of stuff. A lot of, you know, stuff you'd see in the Matrix yes. and stuff you'd see in Captain America: Civil War, sure. uh, or was that Winter Soldier? Was this whatever? Winter uh, they're they're all part of one movie when you think about it. Yeah, and in some um, ways, television is just like a television show is like a thirteen hour movie or whatever. True, 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 and uh, that that's on the true, true, as they say in Cloud <laughs> Atlas. Um, uh, what was I thinking of? And so they're fighting, and uh, and they back up a little bit in the little bit of space that they have. So they're yeah. like six inches away from each other's faces. And Joel says, "You're too late." And he holds out the detonator and throws it overboard. And Ooh, that's when Mission Impossible that's when, Fallout style. And that's when Dasha goes, "You stay here and fight. Dasha. I'll save the world." Oh, I mean, Jane Doe, Jane yeah. Dosha. Yeah. Uh, uh, what I meant to say was that Jane's Dasha's spirit within the mainframe has entered Ooh, into Jane's body. Yeah. And so when she, when Jane talks, Dasha's voice comes out of her mouth. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. When Jane and, was teleporting, there was like a there was like a mix up in the yeah. mainframe. So they're they're so both they're, they got now. melded together, and now yep. Dasha and Jane are one. Dasha's consciousness is in Jane's body. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a way to handle it. That's why he can end up with both his love interests because now they're one yep. person. Yep. So uh, Jane, with the spirit of Dasha, jumps overboard and wings come out of her body yeah. because she's part angel. And that's, that's uh, the Dasha that's, part because when Dasha died, she went to heaven before she came back in the mainframe. That's when Seth says something cool like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this because he's still in this movie. Yeah. I, I promise you, yep. Seth is in this movie. He's like, this one's for Ducky Darn. So, Seth, remember Ducky Darn is alive or not? I don't remember. I don't know if he knows. He'll find out. We'll have him find out in the next scene. If he's if, gonna be really happy. Yeah. So right now he's saying this one's for Ducky because they both think Ducky's dead and they're fighting. Cha 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 cha. And they're fighting and they're you know. Mortal Kombat. It's like a a born identity fight. Uh, you know. Yeah. Or like the other fights you mentioned, which are also some of the born identity fights. And they're fighting, and then uh, finally, uh, Seth Christ um, gets the upper hand, and like uh, Rip Torrance, he's, he's gonna fall out, and Seth grabs him by the arm, like to hold him from falling out of the balloon. And Seth and Rip Torrance like, so what are you gonna do? Are you gonna bring me in? You're gonna have me put me on trial? There's no jail that can hold me. I'm Rip Torn. I'm the leader of the WNBA. I've got the soon-to-be president in my back pocket. And the, the uh, volcano is going to explode. There's nothing going to stop me. There's nothing going to stop any of this from happening. Just, it's too late for you, Seth Christ. And Seth's like, oh, I'm not going to take you to jail. And he pulls out a gun and he shoots Rip Torn in the dick, calling back the opening of the movie. And then he lets him go. And Rip Torn falls to earth, blood spurting from his penis as he falls to earth. And we watch him and then, boom, he thuds onto the earth. And Seth is like, oh no, I hope. Uh, uh, Jane Doe slash Dasha can get the detonator and stop the uh, uh, big, big explosion from happening. And he watches uh, as the, as you know, uh, he, he, I guess you could probably get the thing to go down too, the hot air balloon to go down. I don't know how hot air balloons will work, but I know they don't just float yeah, he's forever. He's got the bags of, bags of sand or something. Yeah, something's going to be happening. Uh, so he starts to slow down and then like, you know, Dasha slash Jane is going to swoop and she's going to grab onto the device and she'll press the button to cancel the detonation with, I don't know, um, like 
uh, a minute 23 left. Is that going to go down to like one second? It'll be like, well, we have Yeah, a it's, bit it's of time. like there's not much tension in this yeah. stuff. Like, well, I mean, they got it. It's good. It's not going to go down to the last second. It's going to be like a little twist on expectations there. And then Seth's going to be like, yes, she did it. And she's going to fly back up to the balloon and she's going to land the balloon. And Sasha's like, uh, oh, that's Sasha. That's not a person for one. It's Dasha. And Seth's going to be like, I missed you. And then Dasha slash Jane's going to say, which one of us did you miss? Uh, me or yeah, Jane? <laughs> he's going to say, both. And then he's going to kiss them uh, And as the, as the balloon goes down. And um, I guess Jane's consciousness uh, is going to be force ghosted like up in the sky. And she's going to be giving like a thumbs up. Because her consciousness yeah. has been lost. In the like, the, like the end of Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah she's going to be waving with Abe Lincoln and an alligator. <laughs> having yep. a grand old time. And the balloon's going to descend. And uh, then we'll like, cut at that point. Uh, and then we'll be cutting to like, the final scene. But that's like where the big sort of fight scene culminates. It's going to be a great fight scene, obviously. We didn't get into a lot of detail on it. But I mean, we've got a great kite, uh, fight hey, scene. Hey, that's for second unit to figure out. Second unit... Uh, <laughs> Which is directed by the big unit, Randy Johnson, I believe. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Him, oh, him and Bob Balaban. Balaban, they're the original yeah, and, and Bob Balaban. <laughs> that's my uh, my uh, French uh, bakery, Bob Balaban. <laughs> <laughs> or is that something more like a, yeah, Umbampan? Uh, Umbampan? Yeah, it's uh, All right. Bob Enough. Enough of this. Yep. That's basically what's happening. Basically, that's like the big culmination there's gonna be another scene that's gonna wrap up the movie in a nice little with a nice little bow a nice pretty and then of bow. course and then of course our final episode which will be us <laughs> pleading with people to pay for this movie yes basically uh and then it'll happen and we'll become big time hollywood big shots and yeah we'll and this podcast will serve as a uh, how-to guide it'll be like screenwriting for dummies it's gonna be the podcast yeah. version of that ben garant and thomas lennon book Except the fact that they wrote that book after they'd already written several films. And this is our first time writing a film and we haven't even quite pitched it yet. So, you know, it's like a little bit of an apples and oranges situation. But, oh man, we're the oranges in that case and everybody wants to be the oranges, not the apples. Yeah, everyone wants to pick up an orange, wipe, wipe it off on their shirt and just take a big old bite. Take a bite. big old bite of that rinds. It's, <laughs> get that, you know, rinds taste in your mouth, that sweet, sweet rind taste. As opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, apples, they have skin. Nobody wants any of that. No one likes skin. No. Uh, except Mr. Skin. He loves it. He dedicated his <laughs> yep. entire life to it. Thumbs up. <laughs> Is that a thing he does? Thumbs up? I think so. I feel like that's his logo. I mostly know what Mr. Skin is from Knocked Up. Yeah, I, I know it from I'm hearing about it. I, the, and then like, <laughs> yeah, I know about it from hearing about it. <laughs> I don't remember where I heard about it from, though, at some point in life. Uh, you know, because you hear about it. Maybe, I would say from Howard Stern, but I never listened to Howard Stern either, so it couldn't be from Howard Stern. <laughs> Baba Booey. Uh, so, that's it for this episode. Yeah, let's uh, thank our our very patient podcast hosting network, uh, Gabber Media. They have other podcasts you can listen to about various things. Uh, they Their other podcasts have much more coherent premises, and they stick to those premises, and you don't have to listen to the podcast from the beginning to understand what's happening, because they're not built around the idea of listening to a convoluted nonsense podcast like like you know like taking the effort to do that like that becomes almost homework to you know even i'm yep so listen to their podcast and at this point uh you can still subscribe to this podcast if you want to like or rate it or comment it on itunes if you really want to i mean 
because you know who knows what the future will hold this iteration of the podcast will certainly be ending soon and we won't be doing it again unless we become such you know it's a movie super successful they're like guys the secret to your success was your whole podcasting thing you gotta do it again for writing caddyshack 3 Ooh, caddyshack with shacks in it we can spell shack S-A-K-Q. I just what do you, we gotta we gotta mail this episode out to ourselves yeah. before someone gets a hold of that. An idea from us, and you know, uh, Twitter uh, at CNM rate a B if you want to say something about this podcast, or uh, I'm my individual t- uh, tweeter is uh, at Chris X Morgan. I'm at M Shimkowitz. And uh, that's it for this episode of the podcast. And that's Amore! Episode 28 of Chris and Matt write a blockbuster. We're almost done writing this blockbuster. We've almost finally exhausted this premise, or we've, we're going to end the podcast about five or ten episodes after the, pro- the premise has been exhausted to be more accurate. But, hey, what are you going to do? You know, we made our bed. We must lie in it. And speaking of lying in our bed, uh, we're gonna do that. We're in our respective beds <laughs> right now. I'm, I'm declaring it. Yeah, we're gonna put on our stocking caps and yep. put on our little nightshirts and grab our candles, have a <laughs> yeah. glass of warm milk, uh, put on our uh, analog uh, alarm clocks that are just like you know, like a clock with like a couple of bells that a hammer is gonna yep. hit when the clock goes. Pull up, off. pull up the blankets just above our feet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, feathers will come out of our pillows so when we snore the feathers will float above us as we snore with the force of our snores keep the feather afloat and little z's will fall out of our mouths because we ate, yep. we ate alphabets before we went to bed and all the z's did not get digested properly but that's yep. it for this episode of Chris and Matt write a blockbuster uh, see you next week <laughs> true believers I did that last week <laughs> it's a stupid thing to do twice I'm sorry everybody see you next week